the football frenzy. Hey, hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Football headlines of the day coming up in less than two minutes. Silver Sevens is the site on this Thursday. we got the Giants and football team going at it a little after 5 o'clock for week two of Thursday Night Football. Remember, if you're part of A-Play, then you're eligible for the Thursday tech drawings at Silver Sevens from 7 to 10 tonight. All A-Play members may hear their name. May hear their name. Winners called every 30 minutes. How about this? Next three Thursdays. Tonight, ring, floodlight, security camera. Next week, giving away 43-inch smart TVs. Week after that, Adam Hill better sign up for A-Play. I think he needs a new Chromebook like every two months. They're giving away a Chromebook. But you got to get in here to Silver 7s, sign up for A-Play, play a little bit, and you could be in the running for some great prizes on their Thursday tech drawing giveaways. All right, Willie, bad first week or so. Maybe not as bad as the Ravens. God, I heard the Ravens put another player on IR today. I think that's nine in the last 14 days. Cowboys, like I said, not quite the Ravens, but they've taken a freaking beating between injuries and suspensions. Man, Demarcus Lawrence, how long is he down for with his broken foot suffered in practice the other day? One of their best defenders, um, pro bowler, 17 and 18. 36 and a half sacks the last four seasons. And, you know, we're talking about a Dallas defense that ranked 28th in the league last year, allowed 31 points to Tampa Bay last week. Granted, it's the Bucks. They hung in there. They made a game of it, which a lot of people didn't think they would. But, you know, when you lose one of your best defenders, um, that's, you know. Especially against a Charger line that graded out on PFF as good as anyone in the National Football League. They may have a superstar at tackle with their first-round pick and Rashawn Slater, and then you got freaking Herbert back there slinging it all over the place to yeah. some really good receivers. Yeah, I mean, so who's going to, you know, it, it, it's just, and it's it, it's such a blow to the, to the morale of, of, you know, it's, it's you know, can they recover as a team as a whole um, minus a leader? On you know on the team and, and going in against a dynamic offense like that, um, that's that's the problem is is how how this team responds when when you look at the, the the complexion of the defense the last several years and how bad it's been. I mean that's a severe blow. You know it's like uh, it's like on an offense losing its quarterback almost because I mean this is this is a staple mark of, of its defensive line. So um, I'm not sure if the, if if Dallas is you know. I mean, that's that he can't survive, but with immediacy, could be a problem. That number uh, in L.A. has ticked up a half point, so now it's three and a half everywhere. It was three all week. And I'd have to think part of that is the Demarcus Lawrence effect. Uh, going to be interesting, a really interesting setup, though, because there's going to be a ton of Cowboy fans at SoFi for that one. <laughs> Hometown hero, Ronnie Stanley, trying to come back from a brutal injury a year ago. Willie, well, he may not be ready to go in a pivotal game. You know, this Ravens loss to the Raiders it really hurts them in the coming weeks. Their, their schedule's pretty freaking loaded, taking on the Chiefs. So I hope Ronnie Stanley's going to be okay, but I also understand if they want to be a little cautious with him so they make sure they don't lose him for another extended period of time. 
13 Baltimore players have been placed on the injured reserve. And, uh, yeah, all-pro offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley, of course, out of Vegas. Um, you know, he's already had a couple of surgeries on his left ankle. And it's it's you don't want to see anybody get injured. I mean, this is, you know, we just got done talking – you know, we talk about the Raiders in the first hour. Talking about the Cowboys, talk about, and it's it My just God. seems like these this, we're one week in, and the number of injuries and the names that are popping up that are getting injured. Marcus Peters, Nick Boyle, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Miles Boykin, Rashad Bateman. <laughs> this was a team that you know many thought were going to, or still think can, you know, win the North and make a run at the Chiefs. We're going to find out this weekend. Uh, you know, when they when they play second straight primetime game against the defending champs. How about this number? Kansas City on the road, Sunday night football, mm. three and a half. Mm. I was reading earlier, our guy Sammy P was saying down the way at the Westgate, mm-hmm. the ticket count is thirty five to one. Thirty five to one ratio on the Chiefs. Uh, I've been looking at this number all week. Why isn't it moving? Pros versus Joe's here. Well, Sharps and squares here. Well, that, you know, you look at what did the people think of, you know, the question was what was Dallas going to do, right? And then um, you saw how Dallas overcame its and, and challenged Tampa Bay. So yep. maybe they're thinking, you know, Baltimore is supposed to be better than Dallas. Kansas City was in the Super Bowl across from Tampa. This is the two-time AFC champs, you know, um, I saw the way that the, I, I, it's it's Baltimore coming off a loss. The Ravens could be hungry. That's their home opener on TV. Lamar Jackson. Here's the thing, you know that defense. The Raiders defense stepped up and made timely plays, but Lamar Jackson still did Lamar Jackson things, and you know he's still very dangerous. He led the league last year, not of quarterbacks, not the team. Led the league with six point three yards. Per attempt. So, you know, controlling the clock, controlling the pace, playing a little keep away from the Chiefs. They want to stay inside that number. They're hanging that hook out there for a reason. Uh, my other count here has uh, 80% of the money on the Chiefs, and again, 89% of the tickets are on KC against the Ravens. <laughs> on to the Raiders. Oh, boy. On to the Raiders. I don't know, boy. This is actually one of the really good things at the start of the season. First of all, the Raiders being in the national spotlight because of the play of Derek Carr is a really good thing. We've now begun to discuss, or yeah, we've and we were discussing it last year. There was a whole debate uh, based on rankings and numbers and where is Derek Carr when it comes to quarterbacks around the league? Is he really a top ten guy? Is he like eleven or twelve? Well, now, now the talk, uh, especially uh, pushed forth by First Take with Stephen A. And Keyshawn is that he's elite, which to me elite means that you're one of the five or six best guys in the National Football League. Now we're starting to talk, if you think he is, now we're starting to talk about guys like Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson when he plays. Listen to uh, Key and uh, Stephen A. go back and forth here, as I have a feeling this is going to be an argument for at least a few more weeks. But over the last three years, look at his numbers with John Groove. It ain't been his fault that the Oakland Raiders have been not making the playoffs. He's done everything Capable. I was getting killed, K-I-L-T, on Twitter yesterday for about the first quarter or so. They didn't watch the whole game. 
The man does not have one playoff win on his resume. That matters to me, Keyshawn. That matters to me. This is eighth year in the league. You got one playoff appearance, which, by the way, you didn't play because you were injured. Kind of cooked through that the quarterback that game. You don't have a single playoff performance on your resume. And you're going to talk to me about the word elite? All right. Elite gate. Here we go. Elite gate. And, you know, I, I will say this because you know how early I get up. And I'm driving to and from the gym to do cardio. So I have the station set to our station. And so they obviously come on, right? The show with Keyshawn, J. Will. And I listen to – and he's been making this argument long before he jumped on first take across from Stephen A. and making this argument. He, he the, There was one – week where they were he was comparing numbers with Matthew Stafford they were trying to say that you know and he was saying look at these numbers look at you know and and he was shocking them with cars numbers and what he's done just over the last few years so um you know it's it's does he belong in that conversation with Mahomes and and Aaron Rodgers and those guys that are in that top five group Winning is a big part of it. Now, that said, Winning is a Deshaun Watson is considered in there by some, like Pro Football Focus and our buddy Adam Hill. He hasn't exactly been a big winner. And I love the kind of pitting Stafford and Carr against each other in this conversation because both guys, this is kind of a, a watershed year for him because Carr, it appears, has a better defense. We'll see what happens with the offensive line. Stafford is with a real head coach and a real organization. I will tell you right now, if you're looking – at a quarterback to win you a big game in big moments, I still trust Eric Carr more than I do Matt Stafford. 100%. I do, too. The The original list of elite quarterbacks that uh, Keyshawn put on or said on – this was not – this was first take. The one you just played was just recent. The original one was his list is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. That's the one where Stephen A. lost his mind. So you better believe <laughs> that every single time that something comes up, if he goes out to Pittsburgh and they lose, and regardless of what Derek Carr does, Stephen A. is going to look to, to, to argue with Keyshawn and, and nitpick every little thing. So those were his, uh, Keyshawn's top five. He has been a, he's gone to bat for Derek Carr. So the question is, do you, you know, do you put him in that top five? I don't know if I necessarily put him in the five with Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Wilson because of the winning, because of the playoffs. But Keyshawn is right. It's not all his fault. They were six and three last year before a major collapse losing five of the last seven and the defense folded on three of those games within the last minute and overtime yeah. of those games so the fact of the matter is it's not his fault he's done his job but is he in the top five status i don't know i definitely think that Derek carr is a top 10 quarterback in the national football league i think i still have lamar jackson and josh allen ahead of Derek carr but a lot's going to play out this year and the you know the winning is the the final component. The numbers are one thing. The winning is the final component. Well, at USC, they expect to win. Big news of the week. Clay Helton goes bye-bye to start the season. Just two games in, we'll get the reaction from our college football insider, Michael Felder, is going to join us here at Silver Sevens in just a few minutes. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield & Company. 
It's one of our favorite spots of the week, college football weekend preview with our college football insider. Michael Felder from Stadium is up with us. Before we get to any of the games, i got to get your take on what happened at Southern Cal this week. I'll say I think it's stupid getting rid of a guy two games into the season, and I think it sends a bad message. I, I... Are they hiring someone who doesn't have a job? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. The next coach isn't stopping his season to take this job. Right. And all the vetting that you're going to do from an agent and, you know, references standpoint, you're going to be able to do that when he's working or not working. So they're not moving on it. I think that they what they did was and colleague of mine raised a really good point. They captured that news cycle, right? This is going to hang over every potential candidate's head over the course of the season, whether it's Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Uh, Franklin at uh, Penn State, anyone that's in even remote contention, Luke Farrell at Cincinnati, they're going to have to answer this question at almost every press conference that they have. And so USC is going to keep getting mentioned. Uh, it doesn't help them in recruiting. It doesn't help them in – it doesn't help them in e- any way except for being uh, top of mind. And if you're going to fire a guy after two games, you probably should have fired him last year when well, he took what – 10, 10 days to yep. say that he's coming back. Yep, that's the bigger point, and you know exactly what happened. And I, I don't want to go, you know, super micro, but it's our market. We had a guy, Dave Rice, who was a coach here. They had fighting between the boosters and the ADL. The, debated whether Dave Rice was coming back for another season. He gets like nine games into the next season. They blow him out, and then they screwed up the hire anyway because they went through yeah. like they didn't have someone to find. They went through seven different candidates, got turned down left and right, played uh, games with Mick Cronin. So. Uh, they better have their ducks in a row. Um, I, 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 I trust their AD because at least he's a college guy. He's got the ties to sure. to Fickle. Who do you think is a match for the job? Should it be a, a regional person who knows that area? Is it just the best candidate nationwide? Just you know, offer big money to the best guy you, you have out there. I, I don't. I think that you've got to hire somebody who wants to work. I think that's the big key. Like everybody talks about, it's one of coaches' dream jobs. But at the end of the day if you get your dream job and you're fine with it now, (laughs) guess Mm. what? It's not going to work. So they need someone. I don't care if he's out of region or not, because you can hire people from in region. Herm Edwards isn't from Arizona, right? And Herm Edwards had no ties to the Arizona high school football community or the Southern California high school community. But what did he do? He went and hired guys that have those ties. And obviously they're in a little bit of hot water for some of the stuff they've done. But the reality of it is, is they're bringing in good quality recruiting based upon hiring guys, hiring whether it's high school coaches or hiring former NFL players with ties to the community. UNC, Mac Brown. Mac Brown hadn't been in North Carolina in years, and he gets to UNC, and what does he do? He hires Dre Bly. Dre Bly was working at Myers Park, which is how they end up with getting uh, Drake May. And May flips from Alabama to UNC because he played high school football with Dre Bly's kids, and that's a cornerstone of a class. So – I don't think you have to be in region to do it. I think you have to know, you have to understand and be a quick study of the philosophical sort of landscape that you have. Brian Harson has no ties to Alabama or Auburn, but he's going to, he's in there and he's figuring out a way to recruit because he's hired people that understand the landscape and he's willing to learn. Interesting discussion of the last couple of days. Should it be Deion Sanders? Listen, I love what Prime's doing for HBCUs. I still am not sold on him as an actual football coach. Right. I do think once you get into deeper water, it's tougher to swim. And I don't think that like to go from never having coach to Jackson state to USC that nah, no, nah, no, nah, nah. I don't think that's the right move. 
Uh, let's talk about some of the games this week. Is Miami good? Are they going to have a good season? They're laying six against Michigan State, and Michigan State certainly, uh, you know, suddenly looks kind of plucky and on the turnaround with Mel Tucker. Oh, that's nuts. That's crazy. I think they're going to get blown out. Really? Why? Uh, I think that Michigan State knows who they are as a football team. They, they're going to run the football, and they're going to find ways to push it down the field vertically in the passing game. And defensively, Michigan State is very disciplined, and they're not going to let – They're not. I mean, they're going to – I'm not going to say they're being Alabama, but certainly they can be App State. And I don't, I don't think enough people watch the Miami App State game because App State should have won. They should have won the football game. They're a play or a drive away from winning that football game. Miami is not good. They are not good. And I think Michigan State, like, I, I am curious to see what the heat does to them. But at the end of the day, I think they're just a better football team than Miami. Big game in terms of names and the rivalry goes back. It's the 50th anniversary of uh, the Huskers and the Sooners. Yeah. Uh, can Nebraska come up with something here to compete? No. They, they stink, man. Goodness, they're bad. And the big thing for me watching this game, like Oklahoma's a team, especially after week one against Tulane, they feel like a team on a mission. They got embarrassed uh, defensively for a defense that thought they were going to be a lot better and then Tulane comes out and embarrasses them specifically in the second half. And I think offensively they got embarrassed as well, only three points in the second half. They feel like a team that's on a mission to hold on to their status as a potential playoff uh, team, but also whether it's Rattler or Mims or Weiss or, or, or Hazelwood, these, these offensive weapons want to shine. They want to find a way to shine. I don't think Nebraska has the ability to slow them down or stop them. I'm curious. I'm very excited to watch this game. But I, and maybe it's a case where Nebraska has been practicing for this Oklahoma game for their entirety of, of, of fall camp. Right. And like this is what they focused on. Right. Instead of focusing on, I don't know, Illinois, who beat them in game one or Buffalo, who they beat 28, but 28 to three. And so maybe this has been their main focus. We'll see. Maybe they've got a if, if, if Scott Frost has got a card up his sleeve, I'd love I'd love to see it. I think we get another short line in a really important, I'll say, crossover game. Power five, group of five. Cincinnati's three and a mm-hmm. half against Indiana. I yeah. Don't you think Cincy's going to handle? I mean, this is a gigantic game for them. I think they handle IU. Yeah, this is a game where we find out how they take to that big stage. I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter, this Black Cat defense uh, that Fickle has built, and and it's been interesting to see. Cincinnati's defense kind of persists, and I know they haven't played anybody yet, really. This is their first real test with Michael Penix and the rest of the and, and Ty Freifogel and the rest of this Indiana offense. That'll be interesting to see. They seem to have not missed a beat while Marcus Freeman going to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's defense has been remarkably suspect over the course of these first two games. So we'll see. It still feels like it's a Luke. It's this is Luke Fickle's baby, even though he's the head coach. He's not the. He's still got his hands all over this defense and. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I think um, I think Cincinnati does get the win. I think they're more explosive than we probably give them credit for uh, offensively, obviously headlined by Desmond Ritter. And then defensively, they're just sound. These guys just go out and make plays, and I think it's really, they're really fun to watch. Like If you haven't watched Cincinnati play defense, uh, you're going to find a defense that is always kind of finding ways to create penetration and then confusing quarterbacks because – Everything looks the same, and then they do something completely different on a play-to-play basis. Michael Felder's with us on Cofield & Company live here at Silver Sevens on a Thursday. Can Georgia Tech compete 
with Clemson, it's a 28-point spread, or is this where the Tigers start getting their footing and really start you know, beating up on Power 5 opponents? Yeah, they're going to grind Georgia Tech into the dirt. This is – and I love Jordan Yates. He's uh, – at full disclosure, I'm really good friends with TJ Yates. Jordan is his nephew and been rooting for Jordan for years, watching him in high school and the whole deal. I I hope they just give him the keys to the car. I think he's the better quarterback compared to uh, Jeff Sims. But, no, no. <laughs> Clemson's got one of the top two, top three defenses in the country – they're going to shut down Georgia Tech, and then on the backside of it, with the exception of Georgia and maybe Alabama, nobody else can do. Nobody else can stop Clemson from an offensive standpoint. I think they're going to continue to stretch the ball down the field, uh, establish the run, which I think they still need to work on uh, consistently. Is establishing the run and figuring out who their running backs are going to be. But no, I don't. I think Georgia Tech. I think this one. I don't think it gets ugly in a hurry, but I do think it gets ugly as we get into the end of quarter two and then obviously get into the back half of the game. Florida's got some real interesting options at quarterback. Is yeah. it enough to keep pace with Alabama? Alabama's going to score. Can Florida put up you know, the necessary 24-28 plus? So that's the thing I was going to say is I think Florida's going to score. Okay. Especially we, we have to monitor if Anthony Richardson's healthy because he was limping around at the end. He was limping around in the second half last week. But do you know this? This is my favorite stat in all of college football right now. Do you know what he averages per rush? Uh, seven yards a carry. 25. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 25 yards a carry. 11 carries for like 225 or 250 yards. My Lord. It's, a, it's insane. And his ability to do that has been remarkable. And if he's healthy, yeah, he's a problem. So I think the interesting – I walk into this game, Steve. When I go into this game, I'm thinking – the cool thing about Alabama, the first pass that Bryce Young threw this year was over 40 yards. It was an incompletion, but his first pass, they trust him to throw it over 40 yards. And then he had multiple 30, 20-something yard passes. I think he had nine or 10 passes over 20 yards in his first debut in his debut as a starter. They Georgia didn't let JT Daniels, who's a senior, do that. They didn't let him do that. And I think Alabama is poised to create explosive plays because, to me, Dan Mullen recognizes his defense is not going to stop them. we got to run points up. And Alabama is prepared to be in that football game. And that's not something we would have said about Alabama, you know, seven, eight years ago, right? Money's coming in on the Auburn side. It was six. It's now four and a half, five, five and a half at Penn State. What do you think of this one? I don't know anything about Auburn, man. If we're being completely honest, right? They've played two teams that nobody cares about. And I just Penn State's played Wisconsin, which was that was a that was a nasty, ugly, hard fought win. I am very excited to learn if Auburn is ready to play in the mud as well, because that's the part that matters. That's how you not Alabama, but that's how you beat LSU. That's how you beat AM. That's how you beat uh Georgia. You have to play in the mud. You got to get your hands dirty. You got to be a little filthy. And Penn State's going to – they're the first team that's going to bring that out of them, and we'll find out a lot more about – we're going to learn more about Auburn in this football game. I think we'll probably learn more about Auburn in this game than we learn about any other team in the country this week. I have because, a ton of – Go ahead, keep going. No, because Penn State, everything's not sweet with them. They, they don't – they have a quarterback that they like, but so he's up and down. They've got a defense that's salty, that's mean, that's, that fights, and they're hard. Auburn's going to get tested, and this is the first time – in decades that Auburn's going to – their first test will have come not just out of conference but out of region. 
And I think that there is some, there's something to that because this is very different than playing Oregon in Atlanta. Did that Virginia game against Illinois mean anything to you? Uh, the Cavaliers are getting eight against North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I love, I, I, I really like Armstrong, and they got this big. You know what? I need to find his name because I've, I've referenced him multiple times. Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods. If anyone hasn't seen him, look this guy up. He's like six foot eight. He's humongous. I'm very curious to see how they use him in this ball game. UNC's defense is not good. UNC's running game is not good. Anytime that your quarterback who is being thought of as legitimately like a first-round draft pick, anytime he's your leading rusher, you got to figure some stuff out. And their offensive line is pretty much the same as a year ago, but the running backs just don't have the same vision. And that's what happens when you lose two running backs to the NFL uh, a season ago. So we'll see how UNC plays. I think the biggest thing – and and – I talk about this a lot with Iowa. We talk about it with Wisconsin. We talk about it with Utah. We talk about it with um, TCU even. Identity matters. And when it's as important to know what you can do as what you cannot do, and Virginia is a team that understands their limitations and how they fit into things, and they are, Virginia does not lose football games under Bronco Mendenhall. You have to beat them, and so they're going to force UNC to beat them. Let's uh, finish up with one West Coast spot. You know, it, it's, it, it means a lot when you get to see teams up close because you know, people read, yeah. you see scores and they see stats and you don't get to see all the, the nuance of the game. So Arizona State wound up blowing out UNLV 37-10. I was down there. So my impression of Arizona State is Jaden Daniels is good, not great yet passing the ball. He killed UNLV on the ground in the middle of the field. I will say Arizona State's receivers are big, but they didn't get a lot of separation. And UNLV for three quarters actually held down Rashad White, which was impressive because he averaged 10 yards a carry. They're going on the road. They have talent, Arizona State, and I, I like Herm Edwards too. They're actually the favorite at BYU, three and a half. Yeah, this is a game that I have circled because uh, basically a lot of the things that you mentioned, right? Like they have to prove uh, – Jaden Daniels specifically has to prove that he can win one of these big games, a big game that's on the road, a big game against an opponent who obviously is ranked uh, in BYU. Uh, look. I can tell you this, 175 passing yards probably not going to cut it against BYU. They're not going to let you run for almost 300 on the ground. Kalani Sataki and this group are going to hulk up at the line. And I'm very curious to see what this defense that Herm Edwards has built, I'm very curious to see what this defense looks like because obviously we love, what is it, Jared Hall. We love Gunnar Romney. We love those guys. They can play. What does this look like? against this Arizona State defense, are they prepared for something like this? So I actually, Mike, Mike, I will tell you, I do think Arizona State on the back end is outstanding. They're they're Because they're, yeah. their experience at cornerback and safety, I mean, they, they play tough man-to-man. This, this, you're right. This is one of the games of the week, and, and it's actually kind of a good thing that it's the chase spot at the end of the night, so I think a lot of people will get to watch both of these teams. I think, well, the, 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 the point that I was trying to get to is their back end is stout. And I, why? Oh wow! Imagine a defense, a Hall of Fame defensive backs, <laughs> co- a defensive back like his a coach's back end is really good. Wow, yeah. But the problem becomes if they can't stop some of this run, if they can't stop that movement, whether it's the quarterback run or obviously handing it off, if they can't stop that run, you got to commit another guy to that run game, and that puts a lot more stress on the back end. I wonder how that works out, especially with a super savvy receiver like Gunnar Romney. That was an awesome spot. I cannot wait for week three. I think this is going to be a great week of football. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There he is, Michael Felder, college football expert from Stadium. Stick around with us. Up next, we find out about the latest with 
Willie's Vegas Golden Knights season ticket draft. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Five o'clock, we hand it off to Thursday Night Football. You got the Giants and the football team. I know Willie's got some angles on that, so we'll get to that in an hour. We got the big five at four right around the corner. But I want to find out what's going on with you because I saw something. You've got some sort of like season ticket giveaway. What, what are you doing here? No, 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 no. No giveaways. Okay, what is it? My four partners and I have season tickets to the Golden Knights. Now, of course, I don't need them because I have my media pass. Um, So every year we get together for our draft. We draw. This year we did it via Zoom. We had a scrambler, an app, a scrambler app where it hits the button and it scrambles the names. We did three times. We agreed that we do it three times, did it on the Zoom. I got to pick second. We did a snake draft, right? So, okay. And I, I, by, by the way, the word giveaway is not what you, you – you were talking about a season ticket draft. Yeah. Yeah. Did season, I say giveaway? No, I said giveaway, oh, yeah, and then yeah. you just said draft multiple times. But I'm like, yeah, that wasn't giveaway. It was draft. It's a yeah. little bit different. You're yeah. like, there's no giveaway. Yeah, yeah. No, no giveaway. No, 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 Easy. No. Yeah. So I had the second pick in the draft. The, the person who had it first, I, I want to say he took the Kraken for the opener. I jumped right on the Chicago Blackhawks first visit, the the Flurry video tribute, because those are going to go for a nice price. Dude. Bidding war begins. Oh, it's that's going to be what a scene that's going to be. I got some good good games. I got the Lightning game. Oh, really? I got, okay, so my first pick was was the Blackhawks. My second pick was the season, the regular season home finale, because there's a lot of people that, Knowing the Golden Knights are going to go to the playoffs, they'll just say, you know what, we'll just go to the local tavern, right? We'll go see where the, the Golden Knights insider boys from the crew are, are at. They'll go there, whatever. They're not going to pay the playoff ticket. So I got the regular season home finale against the Sharks. I got the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. The only game that I didn't get that I really wanted, it got nipped just before mine, was I wanted the Canadians visit. But other than that, I got some pretty good games. Uh, but the Blackhawks one was the key because they come here twice. And the person who went right behind me, he, every year he gets the Blackhawks because he's from Chicago. Knowing that they were coming twice, I said, okay, well, I'll just scoop these. You'll get the yeah, next. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's how that's how the season ticket draft went. And, uh, yeah, the bidding war has begun. I've already sold one pair to the Minnesota Wild game. Some good friends. The main reason that I got him was so Jordan could take um, clients or if he was seeing a young lady at the time in the three years that I've had, you know, he'd t- take, go to the game. Or, so if I have family and friends that want to go, they're not going to get gouged by these inflated prices. Right, right. So they just pay what I pay, and I've done that. But these Blackhawk ones, 
someone's paying a price. Just letting you know. By the way, in the whole Leonard <laughs> Flurry thing over the last couple of years, and yeah. now that you know they split, VGK has moved on from Flurry. I've been on the Flurry side, and I even said in the offseason I would have chosen Flurry and signed him to an extension and tried to get something for Leonard because they really didn't get anything for Flurry. Yeah. But there is one thing with Flurry, and I'm not going to absolve Flurry of blame, but Flurry and his agent Alan Walsh, guys. They dumped you. They moved on. You landed in a nice spot. Let it go. Let it go. Alan Walsh, especially the agent. Let it go. It's the it's it's not the matter of because because let's let's be real. Every time because Flurry's always got the killer pads and most of the goalies right when they get the custom pads and the, the new helmet, whatever it's called. They call it. I don't know. The, the the hockey people know they, they call it. There's a slang for it. I can't the bucket. I don't know. Anyway, whenever they get the new stuff, they show it off on Twitter. That's great. That's fine. But it's the caption. You could just tell the digs, the little digs. And Alan Walsh, see, he still has me blocked. Which is uh, give me a break. Dude. So here's the greatest thing is you know I so I run multiple Lots. accounts. I do some social media marketing. So the best is being able to go to. His page, hit the retweet button where it gives you the option to quote or retweet. So you hit quote, and then I just hit the little icon, go to my page, and then hit retweet. So I still retweet his stuff anyway once I see it or hear about it. But, yeah, he so he tweeted out a picture with Flurry and his new and his Blackhawks jersey and new pads and bucket. Uh, you know what? People who annoy me, they get blocked. So he just got blocked. Up his. <laughs> Done with this nonsense. I, want, I actually want. I want to see. I want to see Flurry do well. I'm rooting for him. I you know, hope it works out for him. I'm, I'm actually I'm, looking. I want to see it work out for Leonard too. You know, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, the first few years, as trades would win, win down, starting with the second year, it was kind of cool. Especially after that first year, that first magical year, it was cool to go into the visiting locker room and see some of the old guys. They recognize the media. They may not know us by name, but they recognize you. And they, you know, come in. They say hi. Pierre Edouard Belmar was always friendly. David Perron, you know, once they've moved on, Brad Hunt. Um, now that the NHL has said that you can go into locker rooms, I'm wondering what the that's at the facilities. I'm wondering what the post game will be like is from a distance. I would imagine Flurry. They'll have to bring him into the interview room, but it'll be nice to see Flurry. It'll be nice to see the video tribute. And you know what's crazy? The back to back games. The game before the Blackhawks' first visit here is the Rangers. So you're going to have three tribute videos in back-to-back home games because Gallant, I'm sure, will get one. Ryan Reeves will definitely get one. And then Marc-Andre Fleury. So there will be a lot of emotional Golden Knights fans in T-Mobile. Let's get the uh, latest update on the game tonight and betting pro football. We'll find out about the Super Contest just down the road as uh, John Murray checks in on Cofield and Company. Watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. John is just about the next flashy hot car that's coming, and, and Wall is that. I'd say it too, Coach, no problem. <laughs> Dennis Erickson said I was the greatest player he ever coached. And you want to know the list of players. He's coached at the University of Miami, so trust me. I've been in that position and now I've been taken out of that position with John. It's fine. Waller is a hell of a player. No doubt about it. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. 
There you go. That shows we can all grow up, right? Warren Sapp, an incredibly immature guy for the longest time. Remember that stupid Hall of Fame fight that he had for a while with uh, Michael Strahan? So that was after Gruden said that uh, Darren Waller is the best player he's ever coached. I was also thinking the same thing, even though I think Warren Sapp's a horse's ass. He is a great all-time player. And, he uh, is. And Gruden did coach him down in Tampa. All right, let's get to the numbers. Let's go behind the counter here. Let's find out what's going on in the Super Contest. John Murray is with us from the Westgate. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. What's going on? D- Darren Waller, the best player Gruden ever coached? That's what he said. Ever. Yeah. That's what he I said. love Darren Waller. He was wide open on, like, every play on Monday night. But come on. They had Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks was a decent player, too. I mean, wow. they, they, the, uh, Gruden's had a few players. Rondé uh, Barber. Yeah, Rondé Barber was an absolutely great player. That's a good one as well. You know, speaking of the Barbers, I see that Betting with the Barbers Episode 2 is out. Yeah. Uh, Rondé Barber... Tiki Barber and betting expert along with them, Adam, not Adam Hill, Ron Kruk? Yeah. What you're, happened you're saying, what, what are you? <laughs> what are you saying, Steve? You're saying that I, Adam Hill should have been on the show? I absolutely believe that. Right. Well, I how many shows do you want Adam Hill to do in any given <laughs> week here? I, mean, I would, I would uh, absolutely give up a day of the company. It's, right. it's getting kind of old now. Well, uh, jo- I would give up a day of the company to allow Adam to go do a barber podcast. John, there's you only see- so many hours in the day. There's so many, only so many days in the week. I mean, Adam, we want Adam to get his hour and a half of sleep every night, right? Well, so, John, I don't know about that. Adam is Steve's Darren Waller, so you know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. I can, well, I, I, I can't. I can't recommend I Adam for that show. Becoming my Henry Ruggs. I'm not, I, I'm, I think I'm done. Um, that is cool, though. You guys have the barbers doing a, a bunch of work around all the super books, and you guys are uh, rolling out New Jersey. So, uh, very cool stuff. Is uh, you guys get bigger and bigger? There's no question. Superbook New Jersey. We added a lot of accounts here in the last week or so. Handle numbers are already starting to start to creep up towards the Colorado levels, and we've been open in Colorado for months. The New Jersey market is taking off in a big way. It, it is very exciting to see it. No, there's no question about it. And Adam Hill, that could put it, that could be the thing that puts us over the top. Yeah, he's if getting we can the New get Jersey Adam Hill on he's, that barber he, show. He's getting he might the go to the next gets. level in New yes, Jersey. Yes, yes. John, how cool? Let me ask you a question because I remember, you know, back in the day, way back in the day, when the, the Miller Lite commercials with all the former athletes, that was a big deal. But mm-hmm. they could never go on those commercials or do any sort of endorsements until after they retired. But what's crazy to me is seeing so many sports betting-related commercials with the celebrities and the athletes, the people that are involved. Did you ever think that you – I mean – and that's the common question these days with all of of our shows to everybody. There's always a different angle weekly. Did you ever think this, this, this? But you have former NFL players. It's now part of the conversation of every preview show. I mean, how great is that, that it's just – part of the norm it's awesome it's awesome to see that it's so accepted and, and i also there's a lot of comedic value too because a lot of these guys they get to do these shows they know absolutely nothing about sports betting and they just <laughs> trot them out there for the paycheck and to endorse the product so there's a comedic element as well so i i think it's a great thing on all levels uh, and it's it is funny because it wasn't even that long ago where the nfl acted like they didn't think people were betting on nfl games all the time and we got to pretend like that's not the only reason why anybody would watch a game like tonight's game between the, Giants, between the Giants and the Washington football team. Who would possibly watch something like that if they didn't have some sort of action on it? Do we have a sharp side in this game? There was some sharp money on Washington, minus 3.5, even money. And we saw that the price move up a little bit, go to 3.5 flat. 
I, I don't think it's it's not a very heavily bet game. I mean, there's not a whole lot of positions on this game. It's it's nothing like last Thursday. Last Thursday night's game was a monster handle game for us. This Thursday night's game is it's for the uh, I don't want to use the word degenerate. I think it's too harsh, but it's you got to be an extreme NFL fan or a gambler to watch this game. What about on the total? Because I have a I actually have a, a nice interest and a betting interest on the total in tonight's game. I like it over. Well, we had it at 43, and they knocked it down a little bit. We got as low as 40 and a half, but it's come back up a little bit in the last uh, two or three hours or so. We're at 41 right now. For the moment, we do need the game under for a little bit, but, but nothing too significant. Most of the money in this game has been on, has been on the point spread or the money line, and, and the majority of those tickets have been on the Washington team. Super contest lines. Uh, Sammy P, I think, tweeted out about you guys a little earlier. You guys have a crazy ticket count differential between the, the Chiefs and the Ravens with the Chiefs laying three and a half? Yeah, it's, all, it's been all Kansas City at the window. I, I did a, a spot for Nesson this morning with Sam Peniotovich, and at that time we had the, the ticket count was 35-1 to 1 on the Chiefs. Now, this is still relatively early in the week. I know it's Thursday, but that's still relatively early in the week. The majority of the bets are going to come in on Saturday and Sunday. But for now, it's 35-1 to 1 Chiefs. We went from 3.5 up to 4 on Kansas City this afternoon because we just, we're just basically at this point trying to see if anybody will bet Baltimore. Just what, what, what's the point where somebody says, okay, give me the Ravens? So far, that hasn't happened. Have you guys moved off the 3 that was in the contest with the Chargers and the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, we're at, uh, we're at Chargers 3.5 now. That's a combination of some sharp money that came in early in the week on the Chargers and the injury to Demarcus Lawrence, probably Dallas's best defensive player. He's out for Sunday. Oh, I will say I thought Dallas looked very good last Thursday. They really impressed me in that game. They probably should have won that game. So that, that was a good performance from the Cowboys, no question about that. Please tell me the Sharps are on the Jaguars plus six against the Broncos. I made a friendly wager last night, and I was getting laughed at. Um, I like the Jags to bounce back, and I think the Broncos are overrated. Well, the, our look-ahead number on this game was three, Denver minus three. So when the, when the number resets, it's six. I saw a six-and-a-half out there. At one of our competitors in Las Vegas today. I do think you're going to see the sharper players bet on Jacksonville, but it's possible the Jaguars are just that bad. You know, it's not a, it's not a position I really want to get myself into yet because, I mean, I was even hearing rumors today about Urban Meyer going to USC. I think that's very far-fetched, but that, just, that should give you an idea of how catastrophically bad the first week was for the Jaguars. This is an amazing card. Now, like you mentioned, some of the numbers have moved already. How often do you see... A week with six road favorites at minus three and a half. Well, that's uh, that shapes up perfectly for the public. You know, there's nothing the public loves more than those cheap road favorites, what they perceive to be a cheap road favorite, like the Buffalo Bills. We're getting a lot of money. Adam Hill's beloved Buffalo Bills. We had one guy bet sixty thousand on Buffalo at minus three. We went to minus three, minus one twenty. Lots of tickets on them. Lots of tickets on the Forty ers They're on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. The other ones haven't been bet too heavily yet, but I know there's going to be a ton of action on the Saints and on the Rams. The Rams on the road against the Colts on Sunday. We should mention, though, you just said lots of tickets on the Niners. Are you guys at three and a half or three? Because there's lots of tickets. Apparently, people are. someone must be betting the Eagles because I see a lot of threes now. We're at three even on the 49ers. Wow. you got to remember, guys, we got you know one of the gentlemen that we work with here, Ed Sammons. Mm. He's from that area. The word homer comes to mind when you're talking about the Philadelphia teams, the Eagles, the 76ers, the Phillies. Keep that in mind when you're looking at our numbers here at the Westgate Superbook. Uh, Seattle's laying six, it looks like, to Tennessee. 
Tennessee coming off a lackluster game. Is you know Tennessee poised for a bounce back? You would think, maybe, but tough place to play. Seattle looked pretty good last week. Lackluster is a nice way of saying it. I mean, the Titans looked awful in that game. They got totally pushed around by the Arizona Cardinals. That number might be a little bit of an overreaction, guys. Uh, well, we will see. But to go all the way up to six off of just one really bad effort by the Titans, we'll see about that. But that, that game's very split right now here at the Westgate. Uh, a lot of money on both sides. The bigger bets have been on Seattle. I'm sure we'll need Tennessee by kickoff. But uh, I think that number might be a little bit of an overreaction. John Murray, Superbook. Westgate, that's where we are, 8 a.m. Sunday football preview show. is uh, The Adams will be in this weekend with John Murray, Adam Candy, and Adam Hill. We should mention you guys are starting to roll out some cool promotions. First of all, today on college football, ooh, pro as well. Reduce the juice. Yeah, every Thursday we do the minus 105 numbers uh, until we close on Thursday night. Close the counter at 11 o'clock on Thursday night. So you can bet all the sides in college and pro football on your Westgate Superbook mobile app. At minus 105 juice, a very good promotion there for sure. If you pick football games the way I do, Steve, you need to save that five cents. Oh, of course, yes, yes. Very important with my bankroll. Uh, the other cool thing is you guys are offering bonuses for new players who sign up for the mobile app. Yeah, new players that set up a Superbook mobile app, deposit at least $100 and wager through at least that $100. They'll get a match of $100 more into their account, but they must have Sightline Play Plus. Download our app. You can go through the screen there and figure out how to do that. But once you get that Sightline Play Plus and you've played through that $100, we'll give you another $100 okay. to try to attack those minus 105 spreads. And I'll tell folks around uh, Vegas, it's very important to make sure you're reading the fine print because uh, I was down in Arizona last week and, you know, books are offering like, hey, $200 free. Well, it's free bets. So, I mean, there is a difference between free bets and, and sure. getting the cash. So sure. uh, you guys are matching 100 for 100 so john we will see you on sunday morning wonderful spot and uh you know let's put a word in if uh if ron crock is out one week adam hill can always fill in we know that i will do my best to get adam his uh 50th job of the football <laughs> season and i'll see you I'll, I'll talk to you guys on sunday thanks for having me there he is john Murray. i didn't clear that with adam at all i don't think he wants to do the barber podcast but you know i'm always trying to get him back up sources streams of revenue He's up all night. It doesn't matter. He'll have a coffee in hand, right. and he'll always, I mean. As long as the barbers can do yeah. it at, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. and there's he doesn't have to be at any of the facilities around town. So. Big, Big 5 is on the way. Yep, we go uh, Big 5 at 4 on Thursdays. We get out of here at 5 o'clock. You should be down here. Silver 7, 77-cent bottles for Thursday night football and a really good game going down. I, I think it's a really good game, John. John was saying only betting makes it interesting. It's a big game. It's early in the season. Football team against the Giants. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.